Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Hour number two, Bob Shoes and in for Greeny. ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and your smart speaker. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. We'll get right back to the phones at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Nuno Teixeira. And, uh, hey, Bubba, is it Peregrine? Is that how you pronounce your last name? Is it Brent? I, I don't, Correct. Does, like, does, like anybody, does anybody have any idea that your name is actually Brendan Peregrine, or does everybody think it's like Madonna, Cher, you know, Prince Bubba, right? I mean, that's yeah, you're a one-name guy. It's basically, yeah, similar, very similar. One name, just like Madonna. Yeah, I know you are, you know, um, someone who has – I had no idea until I listened to this show, the illustrious background that you have and all the different careers – that you've taken a part in. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure in your you know, background of, of, of scouting European basketball players if you think that Luca now, you know, is, is going to, you know, try to force his way out of Dallas uh, based on, you know, the fact that Donnie Nelson has been let go. Look, Bob, he's not going to the Knicks, all right? Can you just, <laughs> can you just give it up? All See, right. I was desperate for the Nuno email as well. I listen to Greeny's <laughs> yeah, show all we, the time. We all were. I know, and Nuno normally sends out the email, and it's like the like my version of the email is Luka Doncic might not be happy with Donnie Nelson being fired. Greeny's version of the email is Luka Doncic is absolutely going to the Knicks. The Mavericks stink, and they've blown it. And I'm not sure why I didn't get the Nuno email well, today. I don't think that, unfortunately, I don't think that one's happening, right? So I have to be slightly realistic with some of the things. Oh, yeah, yeah you guys are just getting Donovan Mitchell, right? You're not, you're not going to get However, Luka, with the Jazz Luka. crashing and burning in this series, Donovan will still take you. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. Bottom of the hour, 98.7 ESPN's Michael K will join us. We'll talk. About Garrett Cole's comments in terms of the ability or lack thereof to doctor the baseball. That was, you know, as much as he was tremendous last night, that again was the post-game topic. But Mel in Queens joins us next year on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Hey, Mel. You know, good hand from you, man, with Greeny out. Um, I was going to say, in regards to Kevin Durant, he played an amazing game six. I mean, game five, right? But here's my thing. James Harden was still on the floor as a decoy. Like, the, the key of this series is going to be, is James Harden going to be on the floor or not? Because when James Harden wasn't on the floor in game, of, in game four, Kevin Durant struggled by himself. So I think that's going to be a key. And we can't just ignore Giannis just because he has some deficiencies because they did win game four. You know, so I, I believe they still can win. And Giannis doesn't have to be Kevin Durant for them to win this series. But he can't drop the ball when he get an easy pass when the game is on the line. Yeah, to me, Giannis has to be Kevin Durant to win this series because Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday, they are not going to be Harden or Kyrie. Right? Like they are more, as good as they are, supporting cast-level players. So if Giannis isn't Kevin Durant, they're going to lose this series because Kevin Durant put up a 49-point triple-double, and instead of getting to about 35 points then disappearing in the fourth quarter, he kicked it to a totally different level and took the game over in a way that I, I think not only in that game, but we have also seen time and time again, unfortunately, in the fourth quarter, Giannis can't. That's just not the kind of player he is. He's being paid to be that kind of a player, but he's just not that kind of player. In game four, it's not like – that's what I'm saying. The key is not whether – Durant's going to do is whether Harden's on the floor. They beat Kevin Durant in game four, 
and he struggled, and they closed the game out. So I'm saying they can do it again. So the difference I'm saying is that it's going to be is whether James Harden's on the floor. Because you may not get that performance with, from Kevin Durant when James Harden is not on the floor as a decoy. Having James Harden on the floor as a decoy versus having Kevin Durant out there just by himself is completely two different things. Well, That's if the saying. Bucks fall for the decoy, then shame on them. Because anybody that was watching that game could see that that's all that James Harden was. 100% right. He was a decoy. He couldn't get a jumper past the front of the rim. He could not drive the ball. He at best was just taking up space on defense. And they never attacked him, never took advantage of that. And, I mean, you know... Anybody that was watching that game could see the moment that the game started that James Harden was not himself. So you're right. He was a decoy. But that in and of itself is, is like, you know, a criticism of a team that falls for the decoy. And that's what he was. Triple eight, say ESPN, triple eight, seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. Look to me, this is a referendum on Giannis. It is. I talked about it at the start of the show. There are times in sports where an organization could be in the worst possible place. And again, I call the Jets on the radio. For the last decade or so, the Jets have slowly gone to a place where you don't want to be in sports. It's the worst possible place to be, and that is having a really hard conversation with the people in your personnel department looking at your roster and going, we really don't have a lot of talent here. This really is a ground floor up rebuild where we need to get talent on our roster because we just don't have any players. All right, they have gotten to that point over the last three or four years, and I think now they're starting to build it back up. I think there's hope with the Jets in New York that they're getting better. That's the worst place you can be as an organization in sports, though, taking a realistic look at your roster and saying, we don't have talent. The second worst place I think an organization can be is when you go through the process of not having had the talent, you accumulate the talent, and then you pay that talent to the point that nobody else is going to want them. They're immovable in terms of the contracts you've given those guys and then realizing after you've already paid them, they're not good enough. That, to me, is a different kind of sports nightmare. Worst kind of nightmare is we have no talent. Right? We're not even competitive. And that is where the Knicks have been for a long time. Right? That was the Knicks for the better part of 15 years of realizing time and time again, we just don't have the talent to attract the top-notch free agent to come here. The Knicks turned around this year and have given their team at least one year of a honeymoon period where hopefully they can be the next team to attract the big free agent, the next KD Kyrie. They will believe in the foundation the Knicks have built. So they came out of that nightmare and had the kind of season that they've had this past year. But the next step to getting out of nightmare one is avoiding nightmare two, and that is getting those free agents to come to your team, and after you get them and after you pay them and make the long-term, you're our franchise guy, we're going to try to win a championship with you commitment, realizing, oh, we blew it. These guys aren't good enough. And that, to me, is the waking up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night moment that the 76ers front office is now having. Right, That now you went through the original nightmare. You went through the tanking. You went through the we have no talent. You went through the rebuild. And you got to the point where you got Tobias Harris on your team and gave him max contract. And you got Ben Simmons on your team. And now he is in year one of a $177 million deal. And you've got Joel Embiid. There's your big three. Look at these last two games. 
Look at their playoff success or lack thereof. Look at what it looks like might now happen against Atlanta. And you're now sitting around that conference room. Everyone's looking at each other going, all right, this was the plan. We suffered through it. We got these guys. We executed the plan. We gave them all this money. We have paid these guys like their Kevin Durant and Kyrie and James Harden. We have paid these guys like their LeBron and AD. We have paid these guys like their Kawhi. We've given them the money that you give to players that now have to go out and win a championship to justify, or at least get to a final, to justify the money that we've given them. And you're all looking at each other across the table, kind of pie-eyed, going, oh, man, I I don't know that these guys can do this. That's the scary one. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. More calls coming up. Michael K. at the bottom of the hour as well. We'll get right back to the phones when we come back on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Bob Shoes and in for Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and your smart speaker. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline, bottom of the hour, about 13 minutes from now. Michael K., host of the Michael K. Show on 98.7 ESPN, will be one of those guests on the Goodyear Hotline. We'll talk baseball with Michael and maybe Nets Bucks as well. He does the afternoon drive time show here in New York with Don LaGreca, Peter Rosenberg. Those guys do a tremendous show. And uh, we'll talk to Michael coming up in a couple of minutes. Back to the phones at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I was flipping through some NFL stuff on my phone during the break. And, uh, you know, like one of those articles of, like, you know, quarterbacks with the most pressure on them this year. And a picture of Kirk Cousins came across my phone. And it just reminded me of a story that I'll – we'll go through the calls, but I'll tell the story coming up later. Bubba and uh, Nuno, what do you guys think about when at least I host the show – coming up with a new segment that we sprinkle in from time to time called What Makes Bob Look Like an Idiot? If you guys are okay with that, later on in the program, I have no problem telling you what makes me an idiot because it plays into, as oddly as it may seem, Kirk Cousins' picture coming across my phone. Are you, you guys up for that? Yeah, and if, as, and if we keep doing it, we'll just get some production done too. We'll, like, yeah. we'll go all in on this. Go, go to work on that. Sounds Let's, like a after, great idea. Yeah, after we talk with Michael, I'll give you guys just – you know, one story of many where I'm an idiot. And uh, you'll enjoy it because, uh, you know, I was an idiot and it was right in the presence of Kirk Cousins. I'll explain coming up after we talk to Michael. We do have some uh, callers, though, that have been patients. So let's get these guys in. Arslan in Brooklyn joins us next year on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Arslan, how are you? 
Hey, what's up? I'm doing well. I just wanted to talk about the Brooklyn Nets and the game they just had uh, years ago. I like shout out to KD. I know he put in all the effort. I, he just proved himself as even I would say even like getting those Golden State championships. Maybe like was they won it without him? I don't know. But I want to get to the point of Harden. I don't think he was just with Acorn. I think Harden was actually like almost MVP level in this game because without Harden. The Brooklyn Nets aren't going to win the game because they're not getting down the court. Because Harden was well enough to dribble, get to the perimeter, and start making things happen. He had about eight assists. KD had a crazy game. The only reason KD had more assists than Harden is KD was playing goat level. Yeah, Arslan, I, I hear what you're saying. I understand how important he is. He has. I have completely reshaped my opinion of James Harden watching him this year. He was a cardboard cutout of what he normally is. He was not nearly as important a factor in that game as you're saying. He was a warm body on the floor playing a role, but even in the fourth quarter and the third quarter when some big shots were being made, if they weren't being made by KD, they were being made by the supporting cast guys. Blake Griffin was making big shots. Shamit hit some big shots. It wasn't James Harden. He had a couple of moments but if he was a decoy that you think Milwaukee fell for, then shame on Milwaukee because he was nothing more than a decoy in that game. Now, maybe he's going to look different tonight. Maybe a couple of more days of rest, a couple of more days of rehab, a couple of more days of treatment. He'll look like James Harden tonight. But he was a shell of what he normally can be. And they never attacked him defensively. They never made him pay for the fact that he was limited physically on the defensive end. To me, that was another fail by the Bucks. Let's go to Sonia in Florida joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hi, Sonia. Hi, how you doing? Good. I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, I'm just asking. Nobody's giving any love to my Hawks. Everyone's talking about how the 76ers and which they did, but well, Sonia, we're losing you. I'll give your Hawks some love, and they deserve some love. I mean, you know, watching what they did to the Knicks in the first round and Trey Young is starting to look more and more like one of those guys you build a franchise around. But I'm not sure if you've ever listened to sports talk radio before. Sports talk radio is about people complaining, right? Like, that's really what it's about. It, the people that root for the team that pulled off the big comeback are not the ones that call sports talk radio. The people whose team got comeback on – the, the, the angry fan base are the ones that call Sports Talk Radio. And I can't imagine how angry everybody in Philly must be. Alan Wisconsin joins us next year on ESPN Radio. What's up, Al? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. I, uh, I disagree completely about Giannis and a referendum on him and him having to take KD. And I'll tell you why. Okay. See, Giannis averages almost 40 points against Brooklyn in the regular season, and in four games so far, he's had over 33. He does not need to take his time and effort and start putting it on KD. They need to do a team effort because KD, let's face it, is not going to be stopped by anybody. And so what they need to do is the same thing that Brooklyn tries to do, is to stop Giannis. They do it by committee and haven't been able to. The Bucks need to focus on stopping KD as a team and let Giannis do the things that he's been doing. If he wants to get in one-on-one competition with KD and prove a point, this is not the time. Well, Al, this let me ask you. I'll ask you a quick question. 
Okay. Did you watch any of the closing games of Dallas Clippers? Did you watch any of the back end of that series when the Clippers came back? Yes. Did you watch how Luka Doncic at times was struggling in the second half to score, especially at times of the fourth quarter? Yes. Did you watch who was guarding him? <laughs> it's Kawhi Leonard. Yes. Okay, yes. so thanks for the call. I appreciate it. But it is part of Giannis's job as a super max player when his team has to have him throw them on his back, if the number one thing that's killing his team is one particular player, in this case Kevin Durant, and you are not only an MVP but a defensive player of the year candidate, you're in and you're out, yeah, it is time to say that's my guy. And I will take him and I will shut him down because it's my time as a supermax player to win this game and put this team away. Unfortunately, I mean, you hear Giannis asked about that after games. He kind of shrugs his shoulders and says, hey, whatever Coach Bud tells me to do, that's what I'm going to do. No, the great players go to the coach and say, no, 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 that's not the plan. Here's the plan. This is what we're doing. That's my guy. Maybe that's not in Giannis's character, but you don't think Michael Jordan was going to Phil Jackson every bit as much as Jackson was going to Jordan, or Magic is saying to Pat Riley, or Isaiah is saying to Chuck Daly, or Bird is saying to any of the guys that coached him, this is what we're doing. And that's what Giannis needs to do if KD is taking a game over. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Michael K is coming up next. What makes me an idiot coming up a little bit later on? Greeny, ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Bob Shoes and in for Greeny, coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. 
ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, your smart speaker, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. Our next guest, host of the Michael K Show on 98.7 ESPN and the voice of the New York Yankees, Michael K joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. And, Michael, just want to let you know my copy of Center Stage by Michael K, my most fascinating interviews from A-Rod to Jay-Z, due to arrive tomorrow. I've already bought it. I've already got my order in. It is supposed to arrive. I've got some plane rides coming up. Can't wait to read it. I guess my question is, I, I wanted to make sure I got in early, so I got the hardcover copy, because I want it to be signed eventually. I just want to know, am I going to get the Rick Pietro inscription, or am I going to get the Dave Rothenberg inscription, because I know there's a big gap between those two, or would I fall somewhere in the middle on like the love scale with you in terms of like what you might write in my copy? No, it would be the middle. I mean, it's, you know, the, the DPHO one is rarefied air. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously the Rothenberg one, nobody wants to be at that level. So I'd say you're closer to Rick than you are to Dave. So you'll get a really nice one, really warm. All right. I think the DPHO one would be uncomfortable to everyone that reads it. And Rothenberg might just be like an X. Like, what, what do you do in, in Dave Rothenberg's copy? What, what, would you, what would the inscription be? It would probably be uh, thanks for nothing. Uh, you're one of the worst people I know. All the best, Michael K. All right, beautiful. Whatever I can do to throw more gasoline on that fire, the better. Hey, uh, real quick, you know, on the book, I mean, how much have you gotten from folks that maybe surprised you, that have read it, feedback on, I don't know, you probably are thinking of all the interviews that you're talking about from center stage in this book, about the ones that you think are the best. Did anybody uh, surprise you by ones that struck them? Well, it's funny because it came out on Tuesday, so people are just still getting it and, and starting to read it. But a lot of people, you know, they, they like the backstories of these interviews. And, I, you know, we obviously, you know, do the text of the interview. Uh, but then I give you the backstory and how we got the guest, how they acted behind the scenes. I think that those are the ones that have resonated. And I think, the, the you know, of the interviews that I've done and the interviewers have read the book, I think they're really they're kind of fascinated by the Dennis Quaid one, which actually doesn't make the book because of the 240 interviews that we've done. Dennis Quaid was far and away the Dave Rothenberg of the interviews. It was just <laughs> dreadful. And people just want to know. That's the thing that people are curious about. Why was it so bad? And it was bad because, you know, when you got a guy who's being interviewed and he's giving you yes or no answers, that's never really good. Yeah, there's no question. Um Hey, real quick, while we have you, I want to talk about the Yankees, but also Nets, Bucks. I said this is a referendum, I think, on maybe the career of Giannis Antetokounmpo and how like, he needs to close the gap with the money he's being paid between his perception that he is or isn't KD and what KD gave the Nets, especially in Game 5. What are you thinking are the most important things you're watching when you watch that game tonight? Well, I'll tell you what, as great as he is and he's won two MVPs, he's obviously a little bit limited. I mean, when you compare him to a guy like KD, he can't do what KD does. He, he can't break a guy down off the dribble. I mean, KD, you know, he, he has a handle like a point guard. Uh, he's got a, a shot like Steph Curry, and this is at seven feet. Giannis Antetokounmpo is a great player, but when you compare him to a guy like KD, you wonder, you know, I guess KD was hurt and limited the years that Giannis has won the MVP, but KD is, is probably – you know, one of the top two basketball players in the world, and he he might be in the top ten of all time. So uh, they've got to win Game Six, Bob. I mean, let's 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 look at it that way. And you know, when you talk about max money, you get max money. You know, when you become a free agent at the right time, and yep. you know you're the biggest star on the team. But to to even compare Giannis with Kevin, 
I mean, if the Jay Williams story is true, I could hear Kevin saying, don't compare me with them. There really is no comparison. They're not the same players. Yep. Hey, how do you compare the Garrett Cole we're seeing right now to the Garrett Cole we saw two to three weeks ago in this whole now that he's not allowed to, if he was, using the quote-unquote sticky stuff, uh, he still looks to be an incredibly effective pitcher, just maybe a little bit different? What, what do you take out of his last couple of starts, how effective he's been, but different? Well, the last two starts to me, I mean, not that I needed uh, affirmation of this, Bob. He's a stud. Yeah. I mean, he's got the eyes of the world on him waiting for him to fail miserably. And yesterday was telling because his, his spin rate was down 200 RPMs, and that's significant. But it shows you that he doesn't need a high spin rate to win. He's such a smart pitcher, and he still throws 100 miles an hour. And what I saw from yesterday's start that has differed from what I've seen the first year plus that he's been with the Yankees, without the spin rate, he wasn't going to the high fastball that much. He pitched a different game yesterday. He threw more change-ups in that game than he's ever thrown in a game in his life. He used the slider a lot. And the fastball was spotted on the corners, not upstairs. Because the spin rate, what the spin rate does, it doesn't make the ball rise, but it makes the ball stay on a plane. And so when you see a fastball up in the zone that doesn't go down a bit, you think it's rising, that's what a spin rate does. A high spin rate means that it stays on a plane longer and gives the breaking ball a little more bite. With his arm and his intellect on the mound, he'll still be one of the best pitchers in the world. He's just going to have to do it a little bit differently. And we saw you know, just a window into that yesterday with his, uh, his usage of the changeup. But as someone that called the game, I mean, I, I was watching the game last night, flipping back and forth. The parts of the game that I watched, I was more entertained by that game last night. Like Garrett Cole having to be a pitcher rather than just a flamethrower. And the ball was in play. And there were base running moments in the game. And, you know, it just looked more... I mean, I guess the glass half empty way of looking at the spider tack thing is, especially if guys get hit by 100-mile-an-hour fastballs, that's a legitimate concern. He talked about that. I get it. But is there a glass half full version of this, which is maybe baseball looks like a more entertaining product again if guys aren't striking out or teams 15, 16, 17 times a game? Well, somewhere right now, Rob Manfred is smiling at what you said because that's obviously the intent. You know, they, they want to put some action and put more base runners into the game. And pitchers with high spin rate, they're almost impossible to hit. Uh, and if you looked at Cole yesterday, I think, what, he ended up with three or four strikeouts? This guy who always goes double-digit strikeouts. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a different game. And if it brings offense into the game, that's a good thing. That's one of the reasons they did it. I think it's ill-advised to change a significant rule like this in the middle of the season. But I think the owners got together and Manfred convinced them the first two months of the season, we've seen a lot of unwatchable baseball. Strikeouts and walks are not interesting. Not having base runners is not good for the game. And that's why they're cracking down, because they want to bring the pitchers back to a normal level of effectiveness. And I think that will make the hitters hit better. I don't know if you have talked about this with either a Garrett Cole or pitching you know, experts or whatnot. This might be a really dumb question. But is there a way for baseball to produce a ball that allows a little, like with a different surface that allows the ball to be a little bit grippier? Or could they maybe come up with a system where, hey, guys, we're going to put some combination of rosin and sunscreen on the back of the mound, and that will be the acceptable 
sticky stuff to use so that we find a happy medium so that maybe Garrett Cole can doctor the ball the correct way to keep hitters safe but maybe make baseball still the entertaining product it used to be I guess is there a way to get spider tack out but just spider tack out and have a quote-unquote legal sticky substance available to pitchers well, the first part of the question, uh, Buck Showalter has long told me that the baseball that baseball should use is the baseball they use in Japan, which is tacky. It's a tacky skin, and they don't need any kind of a substance to get a better grip on it. That would seem to be the easy fix because of the fact Major League Baseball, in fact, owns Rawlings, who makes the baseball, so they can have them do it whatever they want. The other thing is, it's incredible, incredible to me that both sides can't get together. They hate each other so much, but they can't get together and have a pre-agreed-upon substance that can be used to grip the ball but not weaponize it. Right. And I, I can't wait, Bob. can't wait when they tell a pitcher who's pitching in searing heat somewhere with the sun shining down, by the way, you can't use sunscreen on your arm. <laughs> that's going to be fun. Because it should be some kind of substance that's agreed upon, but I think the worry of Major League Baseball is that teams are always looking for an edge. So if you say, this is the substance you could use, they'll have chemists that they'll hire, and they'll make it more sticky and, again, be able to weaponize it. Mike, I know you got other spots to, uh, lined up, and I know you have to run, but continued best of luck with the book. Can't wait to get my copy and can't wait to get, I guess, a, I don't know, a, a better-than-Dave-Rothenberg inscription inside of my copy. I'm looking forward oh, to it. Oh, you've earned it. You've earned a much better one. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that's Michael Kay, author of Center Stage, my most fascinating interviews from A-Rod to Jay-Z. It is available now. And when we come back, a uh, few more telephone calls at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So that's right. I, I, my opportunity, by the way, we're not taking a break right now. My opportunity to uh, also tell you why, why I am an idiot after uh, I tell you about California almonds. You want to be your best whether your best means being the best bingo player in the office or the best volleyball player on the planet. And to do that, you're going to need some help. Your teammate to tackle anything and everything can be a handful of almonds. Six grams of plant-based protein, an excellent source of vitamin E and magnesium. It's the snack you need to keep your head in the game and your body energized. So whether you're going for the gold or another round of bingo, refuel with almonds, California almonds. Own your every day, every day. All right, as promised, I'm a fool. And uh, we'll get back to the phones in a sec, but I was flipping through my phone before, and I'm looking at some article about, you know, different quarterbacks that have pressure on them this year, and a picture of Kirk Cousins flashed across my phone. It just reminded me of a story. I'm not sure how many people know the normal schedule that football broadcasters have during the week to get ready for a game. You have production meetings with players. I I don't know, Nuno and, and, and Bubba, have you guys ever been maybe out on the road with a football crew or, you know, I'm sure you guys probably know how this works. Like you have a production meeting with, with players and coaches. Uh, never been, but yes, know how the process works. Right. So you got a Saturday football game for college football. You travel in on a Thursday, or if you're doing NFL on a Sunday, you travel in on a Friday and you will go to practice and then go to the home team's facility and you'll have, or maybe the road team's hotel and you'll have production meetings. So they will bring in players and coaches, and you'll have a chance, you, your analyst, the producer, the director, to sit there and ask questions to prepare for the game. Okay, so this is, I mean, how long ago did Kirk Cousins play at Michigan State? That's how long ago the story is with me being an idiot. This has got to be, he's got to be in the NFL now for 10 years, right? This has got to be 10 or 12 years ago. I, to make a long story long, I do the Jets on the radio. This is the first college football game I've got that season. It's Michigan, Michigan State against somebody, like Ball State or something. It's the first weekend 
of the college football season. I have to call a Thursday night Jets-Eagles end of the preseason game in Philadelphia and then drive home and get up for a 6 a.m. flight the next day so I can get there on a Friday morning. Normally you're there on Thursday. Rush in on a Friday morning to be there at a production meeting with Kirk Cousins, you know, uh, Mark D'Antonio and whatnot, and our crew on Friday to get ready for the Saturday game. So I am on about two hours of sleep, and I'm late, right? So the the production meeting is going to start in East Lansing at like 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm in New Jersey at 4 o'clock in the morning. I have to get to the airport, get on a plane, fly to Detroit, drive to East Lansing. It's like an hour and a half away. So I'm a zombie. Not to give myself an excuse for being an idiot, but by the time I get there, I am a zombie. So I come into the room, Kirk Cousins, I'm working with Brian Greasy, who is now a member of the Monday Night Football team for ESPN. This is all the way back when Brian Greasy first began doing games. We were paired together when ESPN first hired him. That, again, is how long ago this is. So he's sitting there talking to Kirk Cousins. And I walk in the room, and I'm bleary-eyed, chuck all my stuff in the corner, sit down, take my charts out, start to take notes. And the two of them are starting to go back and forth about X's and O's. You know, what are you going to do against cover two? And what if these guys play man-free? And this, this is a blitz you might get. And Kirk Cousins is running through all this stuff. And I'm kind of zoning out because it's all the X's and O's. That's Brian Greasy's domain. I'm more of the storyteller, and I have read every single article about both teams. I'm ready to go. All of a sudden, Brian Greasy says to Kirk Cousins, all right, so tell me, when did you move to Holland? And my, like, I did like a double take. My ears perked up. I'm like, when did he move to Holland? And Brian Greasy says, to, you know, when did you move to Holland? And Kirk Cousins was like, well, you know, right before my freshman year of high school or something, you know, my dad got a job there, and so, you know, we moved there, and that's where I played. And now they go back to talking X's and O's. And he doesn't stay on that question. It was just kind of a, and I'm, I'm, when did he, I read every article about Kirk Cousins. Nothing mentioned anything about him living in Holland. And now I have a chance to ask some questions as they get done going back and forth. And they look at me and I said, All right, I just want to circle back for a second uh, earlier when Brian asked you, when, so when again did you move to Holland? And he goes, well, you know, when I was a freshman in high school. And I was like, okay, well, like, what kind of football were you able to play there? He was like, well, we had a good team. And he says, what kind of competition? Who'd you play against? He was like, well, we were in this. I mean, there were other high schools that played football. And all of a sudden, it starts to dawn on Brian Greasy that I am asking him, when did Kirk Cousins relocate to the Netherlands? Right? Like, his dad must have been in the military or something. And did he play on an American military base? All of a sudden, Brian Greasy goes, no, you idiot. Holland, Michigan. I go, oh, there's a place. I didn't, I'm not from Michigan. So I had pictures in my head of Kirk Cousins with windmills in the background and, and like big fields of tulips surrounding the practice field that he and his American football team were practicing on this army base in the Netherlands. Playing. That's how out of it I was. So again, you know, good stories about how I'm an idiot. But yes, for at least a... And it was one of those things where I asked four or five questions, all Basically, like, when did you play football in the Netherlands to Kirk Cousins before it finally dawned on him and Brian Greasy that, no, he moved to a town in Michigan called Holland, Michigan, like a suburb, I guess, of Detroit, and, uh, and that's where he played high school football. So you can't be much more of a dummy than that, but uh, that would be today's installment of why, you know, Bob Wishes and being an idiot. Triple eight, say ESPN, triple eight, seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. Let's get a few more calls in before we have to say goodbye. Let's go to Phil in the Bronx 
who joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Phil. Bob, how's it going? I had a question for you about Denzel Mims. Sure. I'm not hearing anything positive. I'm hearing a lot of positive things about Elijah Moore. What do you think eventually happens with Denzel Mims? I think Denzel Mims is going to be their number two outside receiver. I think, you know, you'll probably see. Now, Elijah Moore looks like a guy that they can move all over the place. Um, he's not just, I think, going to be the way Jamison Crowder is, not going to be kind of pigeonholed as a slot guy. I think he will be an all-over-the-field weapon. But Denzel Mims is going to have a big role on their offense. There's no doubt. They're going to have, you know, they're going to have Corey Davis and Denzel Mims on opposite sides of the field, I think, more often than not, as their two main outside receivers. Did we lose Phil? All right, Philip. Yeah, yeah, you answered my question. Appreciate okay, it. You got it. All right, thanks for, the, <laughs> thanks for the call. I appreciate you calling. Yeah, De- Denzel Mims, first of all, number one, he needs to be healthy. I mean, that's the jumping off point. Last year, he pulled both hamstrings before, you know, training camp even got started and just when he came back, re-injured the hamstrings. So he was the number one, you know, draft, uh, you know, draft capital expenditure on the part of the Jets to try and get Sam Darnold some help. And the two of them never even got on the field together to practice until midway through the season when the season was basically already over. He will be prominently featured. He will be a weapon this year for them offensively. There's no question about it. Let's go to David in Kansas, who joins us next year on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Hi, David. Hey, uh, how come everybody's down on uh, Giannis for not darting on uh, KD yet uh, when – uh, Kawhi did on Luca. Everybody's giving him props, and Luca still got forty six points, fourteen assists, and seven rebounds. Yeah, but he think. but he struggled at times late in games when Kawhi was on him. It's not about the total points, the stat line of the guy you're covering. To me, it is about when the game is on the line. What is that guy doing? And do you then take your best defensive player put? And does that best defensive player demand? that matchup so I can stop him when he's hurting us if Kevin Durant had instead of being a 49 point triple double guy been like a 38 point guy in that game then Milwaukee would have won and how do you keep him from being a 49 point guy to a 38 point guy you do it by I think when when he gets absolutely red hot in the fourth quarter hoping that your franchise player demands that matchup that's what Kawhi did to Luka. There were times, I'm not saying he's going to totally shut him down, and yes, Luka through the first three quarters of games is piling up statistics, but there were moments in that series where he had a tough time getting good looks in the fourth quarter when the game was on the line, and a big reason why was because Kawhi was guarding him. Let's go to Joshua. Is Joshua really in Holland, Michigan? Is he joining us now on ESPN Radio? What's up, Joshua? Hey, what's going on, bud? Hey, I just want to let you know that uh, I went to Holland High School and Kirk went to Holland Christian High School, which is like our rival, and like we just can't stand each other. Okay. Not me and Kirk, but our school. Yep. And I just want to let you know that uh, we really do have fields of tulips in our town. No, you don't. Windmills, oh, I promise you we do. There are tulips. Uh, at, so I wasn't totally off when I was picturing no, Kirk Cousins practicing no. with fields of tulips and, and windmills I, I in the prom- background. Uh, it is absolutely like that. And just to let you know, our Tulip Festival, our Tulip Time, is the third most attended event in the United States. It goes uh, Mardi Gras, the Rose Bowl, and then the Saturday Tulip Time Parade. 
I just want to let you know that. Josh, it, I, I am now going from someone who had no uh, – thinking that Kirk Cousins played high school football in the Netherlands to now learning all of this information about the actual place, Holland, Michigan. I, I appreciate you filling in the gaps. And it doesn't make me feel – and I think realistically it doesn't make me any less of an idiot for thinking that he was playing <laughs> high school football in the Netherlands. But, uh, but yeah – I spent, and it was, it wasn't like I asked him one or two questions before they figured it out. It was four, five, six questions deep. And I'll never forget the look on Brian Greasy's face when he looked over at me, kind of with the like, are you kidding me expression on his face? Oh, you idiot. Not Holland the country, Holland, Michigan. I'll be back soon to give you some more stories about how I'm an idiot. Barton Hot coming up next. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.